How's it going, Reject Nation? Just wanted to welcome you quickly to our Season 3, Episode 4, Reaction Review, Breakdown, and Recap for the Boys' glorious five-year plan. Uh, this is season continues to be gripping, uh, outlandish, uh, touching in ways, and uh, the probably the darkest one yet out of a pretty dark show in general, or at least a show with a pretty harsh satirical edge. But uh, yeah, I really appreciate all the love and support you guys have been showing i uh, really appreciate y'all tuning in especially for this show i mean we really enjoy it this is one of our favorite uh series right now and it is among the hardest to get visible up on youtube in various forms so uh yeah we really appreciate you guys as well as uh, uh helix mattress for sponsoring this particular video uh and the audio segment therein but um yeah <laughs> uh, if you want to join us for all the chaos and all the madness uh come on over to youtube.com slash the real rejects that's where you can find the reaction highlights or if you want to sync up with your own copy and get the full experience with us, uh, come on over to patreon.com slash the real rejects. But for right now, yeah, it's time to discuss. And, and hey, the further we get, the more Jensen Ackles, uh, you know, the more sprinkled in those moments become. But for right now, join us for uh, season three, episode four discussion. Here we go. Wow, man. Season is so dark. God damn. <laughs> Only like halfway through the season and it's the, the most menacing season that, that they've ever done. They're like so tense and taut. This is ripping. This is the most, this is the most tense season I think I, they've done. Like, yeah, they're just like truly just twisted. And the way they let these dramatic dark scenes play out, just like the so many as the episodes are usually they try to like intersplice the fun and everything but most of the, so much of this especially this one is just like truly uncomfortable un unsettling for what's all what our characters are all becoming and experiencing you know it's always had that quality but especially this time around it's as menacing is the word that keeps coming to mind for what everyone's going through oh yeah well because before i mean there's always been obviously you know it really involved character journeys for all the boys and whatnot but it feels like especially for for them and for everybody this season is really like the the desperation and the toll that takes on your soul, <laughs> you know, and and everyone's soul seems like it is going through a big nasty change right now. Yeah, it's harsh. Yeah, <laughs> that was it's like diabolical. Sounds like more of like a fun thing to say, <laughs> like a fun twisted way. And this is this is like watching a, a dark drama a lot of the time. <laughs> you know, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, probably the, it's the pitch bleak, bleak and menacing, yeah. That's yeah. what this really feels like. I like it a lot. I um, love it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like to see like Huey's arm out the window, like Kimiko dying in the back of the van and all butcher and and like you're seeing what the V24 effects have on it, the drug of it where you know, Huey's just in awe enamored with his own like abilities and it's just so unaffected by everyone's judgment and is lost in it and they got their friend dying in the back yeah and butcher, butcher is is just like huh so like, sort of, like <laughs> no no fucks given about kimiko yeah uh, and yeah there's just the way these scenes play out it, it it takes its time a little bit more and you really get to sit in the darkness mm. 
Yeah. <laughs> this isn't a fun. This, I don't want to start seeing this one as being a fun, as fun of a season. It's, it's always entertaining, but yeah. goddamn, this is like a drama now. Yeah, yeah. tons of fun bits, and they're still really good at flipping the tone around and giving you something yeah. like the fight with all the sex toys. But then even, especially this episode, I started to notice because it happens in the A Train bit with the commercial too. They're really great at doing one kind of scene and then leaving a little coda moment on that scene, yeah. like a lingering camera or a little expression that changes the tone in a character-oriented way for the entire scene we just saw and the progress beyond it. Like, it's it's really masterful, I think, the way they're able to jump between the tones because the satire runs from really goofy, funny satire to yeah. just the pitchest, blackest, most kind of soul-crunching satire. It's like the most... The way they those lingering shots you're talking about, this this seems to have the most contemplative quality with almost every single character. Yeah. Uh, and, and then with Homelander just on not unleashed in the sense like he's just like lasering the world to death right now, but unleashed in a way of he has he, he, he's just, he is himself now. Yeah, he's he, taken he, full control and he is not hiding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Under any pretense. And to be in the power seat. My God! That was very satisfying, though. That one moment of actual satisfaction with Stan Edgar still somehow <laughs> being able to tell him off in a way that you can tell does not make Homelander feel good. <laughs> Yeah, you know. well, it's like the because now the more power that Homelander gets, the further he's going to descend and expose himself, and yeah. he's not going to be able to hide. Like the less he hides, the worse it's going to get for him because he still tries to maintain public image because he seeks his main thing is being validated by the public and being being approved of, um, and every and he's gonna that can slip through the cracks for him easily by his own behavior. And then, you know, I, I completely forgot that, oh yeah, Soldier Boy supposed to come back yeah. in the show. Yeah. And it wasn't yeah. until we saw the tank and I was like, that's right, oh. Soldier Boy is supposed to come. Like it's been so, such, such a, so much of the hype for this season has been, you know, Soldier Boy, Jensen Ackles, especially if you're a Supernatural fan. Like, we're only 10 seasons into the show so far. <laughs> only 10. But you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, like the show's over. So, yeah, we're, we're 10 episodes into, the season, into that. So, we've been excited for Soldier Boy to come back, yeah. for, for Jensen Ackles to come and Eric Kripke and all that. Um, but the show's so effective at everything it's doing. And it and, and as, as much as, as they're moving things along quick, like, it's escalating so fast and things are descending like a collapse is happening so fast too it doesn't feel rushed at all no it, it's just cutting through all the bullshit <laughs> like yeah. really not that the other seasons i've ever felt like come on speed it up it, it's just they're, they're going from a to z like way faster well yeah and, and every time they give you some reason to feel a little safe or secure they know well enough to go no no, no what's the worst thing that could happen that could really catapult the story let's let's undermine the sense of security we just gave you by giving you an even more shocking development like that thing where she's given the speech and she turns it on stan edgar and all that stuff like, that's shocking that's yeah shocking. like they're I really see that coming at all no 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 and yeah because they're really good at making you go like oh man the speech is going down what the hell is homelander gonna do and then yeah 
they pull the rug out from under you and it's it's great because it, it makes you tense in the moment because now your heart's beating but then yeah. you also know oh no this is only going to get so much worse <laughs> yes know? and I can already see Homelander's gears turning of how his plan is working and all that stuff yeah they're like they're, they're really good like you said, not wasting time, but I think it's more than that. It's like really embracing the sort of catapult that really not not drawing things out can can do. Like if you really set us up to expect, okay, like I'm still enjoying this and I'll be happy if by the next episode this develops and then they go ahead and do it in this one, you know? Yeah. And I think that's a great way to keep the story feeling really alive and exciting and, and, and getting you caught up in things to the point where you're not wondering about the other plot line or that plot line. You're just here in the moment, every moment. And I've been so used to Kimiko being a series regular character that uh, I was, I, I don't even, usually in, what I'm getting at is usually in a show when a character is going through this like transition and oh yay, we're, we're gonna finally flee and escape. Oh my God. It's usually a sign that they're probably gonna die. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes. Nine times out of ten, and my mind didn't even go there. My mind didn't even possibly think, "Oh, they're probably gonna kill her off." Yeah, um, I was just not, like, "I don't want them to leave." <laughs> not that uh, we don't know if she's gonna live or die. We don't know. Uh, however, I, I mean, yeah, I guess I just don't know if she's gonna live or die. I know it's <laughs> a good place to be in, and too, because yeah, it, it, it at least subverts that cliche. And and yeah, in those moments where they're talking about actually leaving, you are like. I would be sad for them to leave the show, but also I want them to leave and be happy and have lives together. And so, yeah, you get so wrapped up in that. And then when she's dying, you feel the actual peril. And and they're good at, at casting, again, the focus around and making it illustrate something like you pointed out about Huey and Butcher in that situation and what's happening to the team. And so, like, there's a lot going on surrounding just the threat upon her life and sustainability and I think that's really cool because and also to not having read a bunch of the source material to know what the plot is there with her yeah I feel like they could go either way and this is a show that establishes that anything could happen and they might yeah. you know she might survive but it might not be exactly what we expect it might not be a full return to recover uh, to full recovery or it might not be a full return to being able to heal or something like that you know well, it seems like what the what the Russians have been doing yeah. is building Soldier Boy. That's like kind of crazy. Like they took in the, the ultimate American soldier and they were trying to either, I don't know, take DNA from him to build their own weapon or morph him into a weapon himself mm -hmm. because that blast is so powerful yes. that whatever did damage her so badly that she can't even heal from it now. I feel like she'll live. I feel like the cliffhanger is intentionally designed to get you to come back in next week. So I feel like she'll live. <laughs> um, but yeah. And also the, the effect of what's happening to the other characters too mm -hmm. is what it's really leaning in on as well. Sorry, what do you want to say? No, yeah, it made me wonder if what they're working on is something where it, it his power probably diminishes and perhaps, uh, you know, um, neutralizes the actual super abilities of whoever is on the receiving end of it, maybe. Like, maybe that's part of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I think the actress plays Kimiko does an, such a, an excellent job, and I, I hate to see them go. What, what I think this show has done remarkably well every single season, backed with the performances by Carl Urban, is the writing of Butcher, because they do such an excellent job at they do push the character to the point where you're like, God, you're an asshole. You know, <laughs> not they they'll they'll really push it to the point of he is he is so, 
he's not a nice person. <laughs> like he's not a good person to the point where you're like, he's our protagonist. He's our hero. Like every season mm -hmm. has its moments. You're like, he's our, it, it's not the Tony Stark thing where like, yeah, he, he has the front of an asshole, he's but you know, he's good. <laughs> yeah. Cause a lot, cause this show teeters between those shades of he's got the front of an asshole, but we know he's a really nice, that he has a big heart underneath to, oh, he's actually being sensitive and vulnerable depending on his relationship uh, of who he's interacting with. MM, he tends to be softer too, you know? Tends to bark orders at Frenchie, kind of gives a lot of shit to Huey. Well, but I, I like what they've done with this season is recognize the fact that they had that whole thing in season two about Huey as your canary, and now they've leaned into that with their relationship. <laughs> is he can be more sensitive to, to that projection that Butcher has of him as younger brother. I, I really appreciate that. And uh, like the way he is with the team in this episode, just how cold he is, mm. how immensely cold he is. Yet he reveals why he is that way with MM. Um, I think that, that pushing this to the point of, yeah, how do you say a team like this? How do you band together when like this, it's just such a mess internally first. I think that's what this show is doing so well is they create the turmoil within first before all the external stuff goes like bananas. When it, a lot of the external stuff is already going bananas, but you're watching everyone deteriorate. And I love it because mm -hmm. I just love breaking point shit so much. Mm -hmm. And everyone's reaching breaking point. It's feeling so hopeless. And like, I keep wondering how Soldier Boy gonna factor in mm -hmm. to the preceding stuff with, with everything with Homelander, what's that gonna create? You know, I have no idea what direction that's ultimately gonna gonna go down. But even they had me going with A Train. Uh, like that first, that first obviously was like, don't tell this guy, he's gonna snitch. Mm -hmm. He's gonna snitch. Stupid supersonic. He's going to snitch. Mm -hmm. But then they had that one little look when uh, after that whole thing with Victoria Newman. Mm -hmm of Atrium, like, oh, like, I guess Atrium is on their side. And they're like, oh, God damn it, <laughs> you know? I'm really yeah. curious about that, because that all happened off screen, so I'm sitting here going, "Is was Atrium basically reading the situation and going, well, Homelander's Alpha, so I gotta go back and, and appease him, or is it some kind of thing where Homelander, like, really intimidated it or caught him and got it out of him? Uh, I mean, I, I feel like Atrium is the type to do that based off of his character from the past couple seasons mm -hmm. uh he, he he would he's terrified of homelander mm -hmm. and especially now that homelander is top dog ulton like once and for all now at bot it's like the, the the guy who created him is gone from last season stan egger's gone madeline's gone everyone's gone it's it's just homelander now at the top and the whole thing about we're a pharmaceutical company, not a superhero company. So for him to have that line going, we're a superhero company. We always have been, yeah. <laughs> you know, like completely um, changing the, like giving into what the facade is and trying to make that the reality, at least so, sort of, you know what I mean? Because yeah. they're really not heroes after all. So yeah, uh, I, I love. Uh, I, I like how they've been handling all that situation with Homelander, and what they've been doing with Victoria Newman, especially, is really interesting because I thought they'd be going down a path of she's bad, 
yeah, know, and corrupt and yeah, and and it, Homelander in a political suit. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like oh, she, she has the liberal guys. Yeah. And uh, while she is definitely you know like a little corrupt, not a little, but yeah, she she has her own agenda. She's fucking playing for. She is the the weapon for Stan all these years. Mm-hmm. You know she has to do. She's a assassin. <laughs> uh, and she has been taking orders from Stan Edgar. I was enjoying watching that relationship. So I wanted to feel a little bit more of that. If there's anything I, I kind of wish we got a little bit more of was maybe just another episode before that whole thing happened with Stan Edgar um, being stripped because I found that really compelling, that relationship Victoria Newman and Stan Edgar have where it could feel because you see that look that Victoria has when Stan Edgar's like why'd you do this and she tells him uh, something along the lines of like you were never looking out for me you're always looking out for yourself but she still feels like conflicted and heartbroken like that was still dad to her you know yeah well and I think there was an element I don't remember exactly what the line was but at the moment I also took it as sort of a thing of like I'm you're always looking out for and trying to protect me so in a way, I'm gonna try and do the same thing for you. For, and she, well, she also yeah. said she's doing that for Zoe, yeah. for, for a kid. And like she's so scared that she's, it's different with like these these parents who give their kids Compound B uh, wanted a profit and she seems like she's giving her kid Compound B to keep her safe. Just, yeah, it's like the last insurance policy. <laughs> I wonder what she's gonna do. <laughs> that I can, you kid. know something is gonna happen. Her and Ryan kid. are gonna become boyfriend and girlfriend. That's the play. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Young love with insurmountable power. We still have Ryan to come back into the fold. Yeah, and I mean, last time we saw him, he was pissed. <laughs> so yeah, man, yeah. This, this is a, this is like a, a, a wild season in a very different way. Yeah, it's like the way this season started with like the crazy violent death of the. You know the the jumping and the the penis uh, moment. That, <laughs> Human sounding. <laughs> that that scene was just like, okay, this is gonna be like that balls to the wall, literally balls to the wall, like <laughs> craziness <laughs> of just nonstop violence, and and maybe it'll have episodes like that. But the way they've handled crazy is in a way that's more internal now, and more t- t- and the, the turmoil is so strong and I, I really respect the show for doing because usually it's like we gotta up the ante but only go and that usually just means go more violent go more sexual they have hero guys coming up they're probably gonna have more violence but they're I feel like they're really earning their way to that crazy build up mm-hmm. you know well yeah because it, it they're good at like even the scene with all the sex toys is like so outrageous but it's set up in a way where it's just like yeah that's the weapons available at this moment so they're good at taking the ridiculousness and motivating it by various means that blend into the scene so it's clear that they're not just trying to set up for this kooky yeah. action idea that we had because we want to be so edgy. Um, like, yeah, everything really feels that, like it's part of this absurd, demented world. And I like what they're doing with Ashley as well because she's constantly <laughs> trying to be like Madeline Stillwell, but she's never going to quite get there where Madeline Stillwell would usually hide her fear. Mm-hmm. You know, she wears her fear and answers, yes, sir. You know, mm-hmm. like she doesn't even try to be boss. Yeah, and uh, until she gets that next... She she does to the people she absolutely knows are below her, and that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you can tell that she gets off on that power dynamic. Well, guys, 
another solid episode of the boys. Uh, I'm loving this season uh, a lot. Season, I'm so really, cool. really loving it. They're doing it's diff so different, and it, it, mm -hmm. it, it's like the same but very different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I and man, Erin uh, Moriarty, I think is her name. Uh, yes, Starlight. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful performance. Doesn't get enough credit, I think, for her no. brilliant, like brilliant acting. Um, everyone, everyone's so great. Everyone's like phenomenal. Like, shouts out to like everyone. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're all so good. Yeah. Uh, subscribe, click that bell. Thank you to Helix for sponsoring this video. And last but not least, send this with a Christmas swam off. I chose you this day because if there's anybody at Patreon who I'm thinking like, I want to see, you're the best guy, all right? That's all we talk about in your shout outs is just how charitable and how noble and how good of a guy you are. Well, I want to see if that holds up in the world of the boys. Like if you were put in this world with Homelander and Vought and Stormfront and the Deep and all these assholes, would you be able to maintain your, uh, we, we good? We good? We set up? Is this, are we rolling? Okay, you would, would you be able to maintain your spirit and your good yes, nature in the world of the, it doesn't seem like, look at Huey, all right? Look at him, he's already caving in, he's going back to the old ways. Would you, Chris Whamoff, be able to be as, as Jesus godly as you are? I think so, buddy, because you have the best heart, you have the best soul, you have the best smile, and you have the brightest eyes. And I hope that one day we get to meet and we get to just share in a brotherly hug, Chris, all right? You know, uh, this this shot is looking good, dude. This is a great cinematography display uh, dem demo right now. But anyway, Chris, look, I really hope that you are doing well right, and that you are bringing this, this, this okay back to one